Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. message a couple of weeks ago, and it was from the, the name Yahweh, you know, I, I started to think, what is the name of Yahweh? So uh, I explained that, what Yahweh means, and, and it does emote a lot of feelings and uh, emotions for me. And, and for me, this message is about, we need to continue to call upon the name of the Lord. Let's do this, Romans 10.1. Brethren, this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing, and he's praying for Israel, the Jews, And he is praying that Israel, the Jews, would not rest upon their laurels of being righteous in the law, but he is praying that they would call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? And I believe that's what we got to do continually every day is call upon the Lord, that he may intervene and bless and, and do what he does best in our life. Otherwise, we're just resting on the laurels of being Christians. Oh, I'm a Christian. I go to church, you know. And No, we got to be desperate in every day to call upon the name of the Lord. This is how uh, the Apostle Paul says it in the book of Romans. Uh, chapter 10, verse 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, for C3 Tugra, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. That's the knowledge of Christ. For they are being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. What's the righteousness of God? That's Christ. For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. Believing is the most important thing, by the way. For Moses writes, about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by the law, by good intentions, let's say that, by the Ten Commandments, just trying to be good. But the righteousness of faith, of faith, very important word, faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you, here we go, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, believe in your heart, Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Yes, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich is rich to bless all who call upon him. Boom, hang on, hang on, go back. To all who call upon him, who is rich to bless. Another version says, to bless all who call upon him. Yeah, keep going. For whoever 
calls, there's that word again, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's our church for 20 years. How then, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Without a preacher. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. And that's what we're trying to do this Christmas Ah, yes, we can go down to verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, hearing me, hearing God, hearing God, and hearing by the Word of God, hearing the Word of God right now. Faith comes by hearing. Actually, one of the key, one of the key components of the Christian life is to try and get the heads up that God is speaking to you, that God, that God is communing with you. Is that, is that a better word? That God is communing with Anywhere, even you're doing the shopping. And you're bored out of your mind. He's trying to get your attention. You're at work. You're bored out of your mind. He's trying to get your attention. You're driving a car. He's trying to get your attention. Be careful of that. Uh, he, he's trying to get your attention right now. But you're in some cyberspace or you're stuck in yesterday's stuff and you're projecting too far ahead. Be in the now. You know what stress is? When you're projecting too far ahead and you're worried about this week. Oh, my God. Yeah, but... You know, is God in control? My next week is going to be here. And, and then that's what stress is. Stress is the feeling that you're out of control. Amen. The best way, you know what psychologists tell us? Pull yourself up. Handbrake slide and pull up into the now. Touch something. Feel something. If you're outside, touch a leaf. Look at a leaf. Look at the color. Look at something. Very, look at it intentionally and pull yourself up from stressing. And when you're looking at that something, say, God, you're in control. I trust in you. Your peace is beyond man's understanding. It truly is when you do that. Put the glass down. So basically, the scripture I felt to read was about calling on the name of the Lord, unless you call. Some uh, of you heard my story. Um, I'm about uh, 10 years of age. I'm at Manly Beach. It's 1968. I'm a young, bronzed Aussie kid. Uh, my folks are pretty... Uh, they're trusting, and they let me go out and swim right out past everyone. I just like to f get out there right on the edge, even as a young lad. I was just the, you know, just this thing in me, wanting to be out just a little past the pack. And uh, well, I, I turned around and realized, oh my God, there's the pack way back there. And, and now I'm just uh, a little ten-year-old boy going, what do I do? Um, and then I noticed this bearded gentleman swimming towards me, and he says, you all right, son? I said, no. He says, well, why didn't you put your hand up? Basically, why didn't you call out? I was thinking of it, I don't know if that bearded gentleman was Jesus or was a theophany or, or, you know, was some angel or, no, it wasn't. I mean, uh, I could have exaggerated the story if I, if I wanted to, but it was just a bearded gentleman. And then right behind him was the lifesaver. Praise God. And he grabbed me and he pulled me through the pack. Oh, that was embarrassing. And pulled me through all the girls and pulled me through the little toddlers. And, and, and then I just ran off that beach, red-faced and... Um, and never to return to the beach until the next day. Amen? <laughs> yeah. Basically, I believe the Christian life is about calling out to the Lord. Th that, that's why I love being in church, in the worship, calling out to the Lord. I'm calling out to Him. Jesus, 
You are the Lord God. I'm not a stunned mullet. I'm, 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 I'm not dead, that dead where I, I, I'm just sitting dormant. I'm, I'm using every fiber of my body to say, Jesus, I'm calling out to you. And that's what happened when you got saved in Romans 10, 13. Let's begin this journey. If you've got a notepad, pen, please take some notes. For who, and I'll give you a good reason why you need to call on the name of the Lord. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say, shall be saved. What happened to you? That's a good question. It's an important one. What happened to you when you got saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? Firstly, Jesus become your Savior. Is that right? Can I get an amen? amen. Two, you have become a child of God. We call it salvation. It's good news. That's what we're all about as a church. Why did you need to be saved? One, you were a sinner. Two, you could not save yourself. I was stuck. I actually did try and, and thrash it out. And I went, no, don't get tired. I was smart enough even at that age. Don't get tired. Just dad, one of the first things he taught me was how to float on my back, how to float. Then he taught me how to swim. And I said, no, I'm just going to just, just, yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah, this is not good. I'm floating, but I'm not happy about just floating out to sea. Even then, pride was affecting me from lifting my hand as a bronzed Aussie young lad. And um, all have sinned, Romans 2.23. That includes you and me. The Bible also says the wages of sin is death. I'm talking about spiritual death, death, eternal death, Romans 6.23. We cannot save our, is it fair to say that we cannot save ourselves, even through church membership, even trying to be good? Nothing like that works. It's a personal relationship of calling on the name of Jesus. It's being honest with him, brutally honest. It's communing with him 24-7 and relating to him, communing with him, praying with him and loving him. But when you come into this atmosphere of corporate anointing, it certainly must energize you like a coal. When you remove it, the embers grow dim. But when you put that burning coal amongst the other burning... Man, sit next to Bill if you're, if you're struggling, you've got no fire. Bill's on fire. He's got his Bible there. He's got his heart of praise happening. He's, got his, he's come with, with gusto to the house. He's come on time, but he's come with faith. Where do I go from here? First of all, you've got to remember that Christ is in you. That spiritual life was given to you by Christ. 1 John 5, 12 says, He who has the Son has life. Say has life. 1 John 5.11 says, back it up a bit, God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. We should not forget that. When we come to church, oh, I'm a Christian, yeah, let's do some praise, I guess. No, your life of salvation is in Him. When you get a newborn baby, you've got to feed that newborn baby. Otherwise, it's not going to go so well with that baby. You've got to feed that baby with milk and nourish that baby. If you don't, that baby will perish. It's the same thing with our spiritual life. It's simple. We depend on Him. We are nourished by Him. A couple of keys to keep you nourished in God. Firstly, read the Bible. Don't neglect the reading of the Bible. It will actually determine what sort of Christian you will be by the reading of the Bible. If you don't read it, 
You'll be lackadaisical. You won't have faith. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the Word of God. If you don't have any Bible during the week, you're just coming in now. You're just anyone's business. You're just freewheeling on the planet. You're not, you're not optimized in faith. You're not anointed by God. You, you're, not, you're not projecting an image of a faith-filled person. You're just under maybe the weather, a fair weather friend, maybe. Or, or you're just open to the circumstance of life. But when you're in faith... You can be immune to the weather. You can be immune to the persecutions. You can be immune to all, the, all the, this stuff of life. And you can stand up in that and be who God's called you to be. Is that right? You need the Bible. It will nourish you, the Word of God. Two, attend church regularly. Said the live coals. If you take the live coals out, you just it, burning embers start to dwindle. Witness to others. Witnessing will make you a stronger Christian. Is that right? Being obedient to God. When God says something, do it. When God says something, do it. Just do it. Obey God quickly. Do it. You don't have much to, I find this, uh, you don't have much time to be, I'm realizing my reflexes uh, uh, are somewhat not like what they used to be. You know when you want to let someone in the traffic, but, but you wait too long and it's so awkward. You go to slow down and you go, oh, hang on, I've got the traffic up behind me. And you're trying to get this guy up, but he doesn't even see you. And then you go, oh, I, missed, I should have done it back then when, when I originally got the thought to let that driver in. It's a sad thing about growing older, Ra. Your reflexes are not as good. But when, when you get the opportunity, move, do it, give. Move. Do it. The last one was pray. When I say pray, I mean this, calling on the name of the Lord. Do you know when the TV announcer says, call now for this special offer? Has anyone ever really fallen for that? Call now for this special offer. You have, Julie. Once. <laughs> At least you're honest. Call now for this special offer. But, you know, we have so much opportunity in every day to call upon the Lord. And why would we call upon the Lord? Does it bless us? I believe it does. And where, where did calling on the Lord start? If you look in Genesis 4, 25 to 26, this phrase of calling on the Lord is, is something that goes way back. It goes before Christ. It goes back before David. It goes back before Moses. Let's look at the scripture, Genesis 4.25. Adam lay with his wife again. She also gave birth to a son named Zeth, saying, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel since Cain killed him. So Abel's gone. Cain killed Abel. Seth also had a son, and his name was Enosh. At that time, men, here it is, here's the first mention of people calling on the name. At that time, men begin to call, call upon God by name. So when you look at this passage, we learn that Cain killed Abel and that he went away from the Lord's presence, built a city and led a total independent lifestyle. Cain and his seed became corrupt. So what happened then? God wanted to raise a righteous seed, so he granted Eve, Seth, the third son of Adam and Eve. Seth had a son, Enosh. Up until that point, people had only known God as creator, creator of the universe. 
He created everything that they saw. They knew that. While Cain and those, hang on, back it up. Once Enosh was born, a group of people began to call on the name of the Lord. You know that's who C3 Tugra people are? We used to call on the name of the Lord ridiculously. Every day, Tuesday nights, prayer meetings, fire fell, people got saved because we were calling on the name of the Lord. Sunday mornings, we would call upon the name of the Lord. We would call upon the name at every opportunity we had at all these prayer meetings, and we still do. But there was just this exuberance and passion and faith-filled desire to believe that if we called upon the name of the Lord, He would make all the difference. Once Enosh was born... Love Enosh, was born, a group of people began to call on the name of the Lord, while Cain and those who came after him turned away from God. These people affirmed their dependence on God by calling on him. I love this guy, Jim Zimbala. Zimbala is a tabernacle of praise in Brooklyn, a very run-down church. He took it over in the 70s, and he, what he did was an amazing story and testimony. And uh, in his book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Spirit, he talks about how he, uh, I guess, jump-started this church. And it was all about calling on the name of the Lord. He says, in fact, God's people were not called Jews or the children of Israel or, or Hebrews. In the very beginning, their original name was those who call on the name of the Lord. Those who call on the name of the Lord. Since that time, there's always been a group of people, chuckle, who have expressed their dependency on God by calling on the name of the Lord. Are you of that sort of breed that you call upon the name of the Lord more than once in a week, twice in a day? I'm always calling. I don't know about you, but I'm calling. I'm calling on the name of the Lord. Why should we call on the, on the Lord? Why should we, well, should we call, call on the Lord? Let's talk about that. Because He cares. He hears. He responds. He responds to our needs when we call upon Him. The literal translation of the Hebrew word cura means to cry out, to call aloud, to roar, to implore aid, to implore, say implore, I implore you, Lord. Has anyone ever done that? Have you ever been desperate enough? I implore you, Lord, we need a miracle. We need children. The doctor said we can't have any. Lord, that finger that was chopped off, Jilly's standing behind a curtain, little nephew was wondering why the door wouldn't shut, then he gave it an almighty heave-ho, Chop the end of Jilly's finger off. Off to the doctor. Yes, sorry, guys. Off to the doctor we go through three red lights. Pastor Phil does break the law sometimes. Um, end up at Westmead. And the young doctor said, that ain't going to go back on. That'll only turn back black. I said, it is going back on. It is going back on. My God says he's going to do a miracle. I didn't say that to him, but I just didn't take no for an answer. Then we got the big shot in, and he said, yeah, that finger will go back on. And the poor young guy, uh, just, he just sort of bowed out gracefully. But finger went back on, God performed a miracle. 
Now she plays piano, fully healed, blessed. Because one thing I remember doing was kneeling before her bed as a young Christian. I'm a young, I'm a young guy. I'm still enamored with the awesomeness of God's name, Yahweh, who cares, who's redemptive. I kneel before the bed. I don't care who's walking in. Uh, man, and, and praying and saying, Lord, please, that finger, we need it back on in Jesus' name. Yahweh, the God of action, the God who's present and active, we're calling on you, calling on your loving kindness, your redemptive concern. You're near, near us, Lord, your faithful presence. It's a cry, it's a cry sometimes. Uh, Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth, in truth. To approach the Lord with reverential fear, to summon His aid. That's how we built this church. We asked Him, Lord, come. Do what you do best. Bless your people. Let this church live. Let us take the land. Let us build a building. Let us build you a house of God. We call upon the name of the Lord. Why would you call upon the Lord? Quickly, call upon the Lord for your material needs. It does say, Matthew 6, 8, Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask them. It's true, He does. But then the Bible says, Yet you do not have because you do not ask in James 4, 2. People make the mistake of not asking for the breakthroughs in their life. They hit a wall with their marriage. They hit a wall with their finances. They hit a wall in some area of their life, but they don't ask. They hit a life with their car that keeps breaking down. And finally, they get the drift. They need to pray for that car. That car's ripping them off. And they, they, you know, they, they, you've got to pray for your, you know, that second-hand washing machine. Bring it under subjection to the dominion authority of your household. Whoever owned that washing machine could have been worshiping the devil. I don't know. When you get possessions, when you get secondhand things, wash it, cleanse it, pray for it. That's, that's for someone right there. Someone's looking at me. Whoa. Yeah, you can. Everything you own comes under, comes under the authority of God. Matthew 7, 7, you know the scripture, ask and it will be given to you. And you will ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock, and it will be open to you. I love the story of George Mueller. Yeah, got radically saved. He was actually gambling and uh, drinking as a young lad, even at his father's funeral. He was off the rails. Somehow he got invited to a prayer meeting, and uh, he saw a man kneeling down in this prayer meeting, and it so touched him, it so struck his heart that he started to ask questions about the good Lord. He got saved got radically saved. In fact, George Mueller is a great story of depending on God, praying to God. George Mueller knew how to call upon the Lord. He never, so this man ended up heading up an orphanage in in England, and he actually um, took in these orphans uh, 10,000 in all, but but this is what the, the, the ruling class were upset with George Mueller, because Bill, he was taking the orphanages in, the, the orphans in. He was not only feeding them and comforting, he was teaching them. He was educating them. And the, and the ruling class were upset because these people were, were exceeding, they said, their station in life. These people are, are, are beggars. These people shouldn't be 
as, as, as educated as us. I like that. This, this, is a, this is a man of God. He's awesome. But there's a story to his life, and it goes like, like this. George Mueller knew how to call upon the Lord. He, he never made his needs known to anyone but God. He then waited for God to put the need on someone's heart. The children are dressed and ready for school, but there's no food for them to eat. This is in the orphanage. The house mother of the orphanage informed George Mueller. George asked her to take the 300 children into the dining room and have them sit at the tables. He thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide food for the children, as he always did. Within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, he said, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning. I got up and baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. Soon, there was another knock on the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. (laughs) The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. He asked George if he could use free milk. George smiled at the milkman, brought in 10 large cans of milk. It was just enough for the 300 thirsty children. Mueller kept a record of his prayers, and his prayers records filled more than 3,000 pages. His notes show that more than 30,000 prayers were answered. Philippians 4.19, For he will meet your needs according to his riches in glory. And has he not done that for us, C3 Tugra? When I look at our story, he's certainly done that for us. Why else would you call upon the Lord? Call upon the Lord for deliverance and shelter from trouble. Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Man, I don't know about you, but I was calling on the name of the Lord as a young fellow, also around the same age, 8, 9, 10. Uh, I don't know what, kids were really tough in our days. I don't know what it was, but kids were pretty brutal sometimes. And the walk to school was pretty hectic. On the corner of this particular, in, the, in this house, on the corner of this particular street, there was three of these uh, brothers that would love just to, you know, come down on, on any, any, any other sort of uh, intruder in their neighborhood. And I remember at a young age, I tell you what, I was only seven or eight, calling on the name of the Lord. Lord, you got to help me. i got to get to school, man. Man, these kids are off the Richter scale. Some of these kids ended up in jail and they even murdered people. I don't know what it was in my neighborhood, but, um, but I tell you what, I was praying prayers, calling upon the Lord for deliverance and shelter. Call upon me in the day of trouble, Psalm 50 verse 15. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalm 91 15 says, you shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Anyone been delivered from trouble? I nearly drowned once, man, Wherry Beach. Nearly drowned. I was underwater for 37 minutes, I'm sure. of it. No, it was, probably, it was probably only a minute, but it was a long time. It was a long time. I remember going, whoa, okay. I thought it was bulletproof, but this is pretty hairy. I've got to come up sometime. I remember calling on the name of the Lord then. But that still wasn't enough to, to get me saved. Isn't it amazing? Uh, this story here, uh, John Patton was a missionary in the New Hebrides Islands. One night, hostile natives surrounded the mission station intent on burning out the Pattons and killing them. 
Patton and his wife praying during that terrorized night that, that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see their attackers leave. A year later, the chief of the tribe was converted to Christ. Remembering what had happened, Patton asked the chief what had kept him from burning down the house and killing them. The chief replied in surprise, um, who were all those men with you there? Peyton knew, Peyton knew that no men were present. But the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords circling the mission station. Psalm 86 verse 7, In the day of trouble I will call upon you for you will answer me. Here's another reason why we should call upon the name of the Lord. Three, call upon the Lord for daily guidance and strength. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without approach, and it will be given to you. Psalm 32, 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and with my loving eye on you. God has promised to guide us. To lead us. He wants to lead us into our best life. I love that scripture that Pastor Andrew was quoting a couple of weeks ago. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. There's that word again. Call. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And we used to call upon the Lord, didn't we, Jules, in those Tuesday night prayer meetings and all the prayer meetings. We're calling on the Lord. Please tell us, Lord, what have you for us in the future? What do you have for us as a breakthrough? What do you have for us as a future, as, a, as provision? What do you, Lord, we're calling on your name. We actually did it yesterday. <laughs> we did too. Not one single day, it says in my devotion by this man, John Oxham, not for one single day can I discern my way, but this I surely know, he who gives the day will show the way, so I sincerely go. What's another great reason you should call upon the Lord? Call upon the Lord for eternal life. We said the scripture, Romans 10, 12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. That means everyone in this neighborhood, everyone in our city, everyone on the coast. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's only one name, one name to call, and that name is Jesus. Psalm 116 13 says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I feel like I do that in worship. I feel like I do that a lot. Calling upon the name of the Lord to renew my spirit. We were doing that just of late after being on holidays. It's so easy to be on holidays, Jules. It's so easy just to get in that groove where K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Ours to see, Sarah, Sarah, will be. Julie always knows all the lyrics. No, I am propelled by a future. I'm propelled by the prophetic word over my life. I'm propelled by a vision. I'm propelled by why Christ saved my life. 
I'm propelled by that. Are you? Are you being led on for future days of glory? Is he turning all things around for good to those that love him, that call upon his name? Yes, he is. Come on. Psalm 86, verse 5. Oh, Lord, 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 you are forgiving and good, abounding in love for those who call on you. Psalm 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Sustain me, Lord, in these days of hecticness. This is for our nation, Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation, blessed is the church, blessed is the person whose God is their Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. God is not aloof. God is not disconnected from you. He's continually, continually saying through his stories, through his Bible, through the centuries, that he is desperately trying to bless us. But we need to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? He's not aloof. When you throw your hands up in despair, by the way, lift them up even higher to the Lord and cast your gaze on Him and begin to pray to Him and call upon Him. Moses came down from Mount Sinai, calling on God, became an earmark of people, of His people's success. The patriarchs spotlighted this most dramatically in his farewell address in Deuteronomy 4.7. It says, what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them? The way the Lord our God is near to us whenever we pray. Whenever we pray. All the other nations, they had chariots, better weaponry. They had more people. But God's people knew, the Israelites knew, when they called upon Him, help was coming. Help is on the way. Satan, one man of God says, Satan's main strategy with God's people has always been to whisper, don't call. Don't ask. Don't depend on God to do great things. You'll get along fine if you rely on your own cleverness and energy. The truth of the matter is that the devil is not terribly frightened of human efforts or credentials. But he knows his kingdom will be dismantled, damaged when we lift up our hearts to the Lord. When we lift up our voices and call upon the name of the Lord. Listen to David, King David's confident assertion in Psalm 4.3. He says, Psalm 4.3 says, But know, know that the Lord has set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear, the Lord will hear when I call to him. Lord, you hear us. Our posture, I hope, is like King David when he knew when he was outnumbered, when he was outflanked, when he was outmaneuvered, he knew when he called on the name of the Lord, it didn't matter who was chasing him, who was persecuting him. It didn't matter what was against him. He knew that God would back him up, that God would save him, that God would intervene and bring deliverance. Psalm 14:4 says about these people who don't know God, don't call on the Lord, have all the works of iniquity, no knowledge, who eat up my people 
as they eat bread and do not call on the Lord. This is this divine definition of the ungodly, that they don't call upon the name of the Lord. They don't humble themselves. They don't recognize God's omnipotence, His amazing ability to transcend time and space and every problem in your life and every encumbrance in your life and every blockage in your life and come in and bless you, deliver you and prosper you. Do you believe in that? That's what it is about calling upon the Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.